rough today. <sighs> we are, but it's okay. Actually, you're you're looking fine. I'm looking rough. Oh, well, thanks. I want to include both of us in this <laughs> statement <laughs> to make me feel better about myself. You look fine. No, whatever. All right. Good thing this is all audio and no visual. No visuals were harmed in the making of this <laughs> except podcast. For, except for Andrea's eyes. My eyes! My eyes! <laughs> This is not a friend's podcast. Hi, and welcome to Donna Martin Graduates, the podcast where we watch old episodes of Beverly Hills 90210 in order and explain why Dylan and Kelly were actually the right couple. Wait, please don't leave us. Stay, stay. I promise we'll we'll, we'll prove you wrong. Trust us. And we are still recording at the Old Lodge Hotel, right down the street from the Bellage Hotel. In a seedier part of Beverly Hills. And I don't want room service anyway. And I'm pretty sure there's a camera on the toilet. Gross. To say the least. And I'm one of your hosts. I'm Andrea, not Andrea. And I'm Kelly. And Lucky Charms has three new unicorn marshmallows. Really? Yeah. Oh. Pink, okay. purple. There's all sorts of colors in there. I'm going to have to check that out. And this week we watched season one, episode 15, East Side Story. What a clever play on words. Is it though? I was being <laughs> kind. Oh, okay. So this episode starts with Brandon riding his bicycle through those mean streets of Beverly Hills. While there is some very questionable music playing, again, I don't think Hulu got the uh, music rights when they decided to stream this show. And if that's the case, just given the future, uh, what happens in this episode, Hulu's kind of racist. Yes, just a little bit. Uh, He's wearing his backpack, so I'm assuming that he's coming home from school. And did he forget that he has a car, or do they only remember that he got a DUI when it's convenient? His parents are in the living room, talking to Anna and a man, and Jim looks up at Brandon when he walks in. Brandon, who, of course, always has to be in the know, asks Brenda who the mysterious couple are. Brenda is already at home working on her homework. Is this a weekend? How did Brenda get home already? If it's a weekend day, why is she doing her homework already? Is she a nerd? Mm. Nerd. Brenda tells him that they're throwing a party for Chick Schneider, <laughs> the CEO of some surf fashion company. I told you, I don't understand what accountants actually do for a living. Me either. They're like event planners or something. I guess. Jim calls the twins downstairs to introduce them to Richard Rodriguez, Anna's cousin. Richard explains that Anna has a niece that attends a local high school, and all of a sudden, Anna speaks really good English, and finishes explaining that the school she currently attends is being overrun by gangs. Uh, her niece, not Anna. <laughs> Jim and Cindy have agreed to let Anna's niece, Carla, use their address so that she can attend West Beverly. Okay, just to keep track, the Jewish girl. Yes. The African-American boy. Yes. The Latina girl. Yes. They all have to lie so that they have the privilege of attending West Beverly High, right? That's how it seems, yes. Nope, nothing racist about that at all. That's and they couldn't either. afford to just go to that school, right? The next day at school, David calls MC Hammer. Man, this is David. Um, <laughs> calls his office oh, 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 oh. Over, over the loudspeaker and is hung up on, causing Donna to remark how out there he is. Oh, Donna, just you wait. Steve's attention is diverted by an attractive, curly-haired girl roaming the halls. Dylan is also distracted, much to Brenda's chagrin. The new girl gets lost and heads to the journalism classroom for directions. 
Brandon offers to help her, obviously bewitched as well. Being Brandon, he offers Carla, as she introduces herself, a word of advice of how, of how competitive West Beverly academics are. Brandon loves to mansplain. It's literally like his favorite thing to do. It is. And he realizes that he's an ass when Carla dominates class discussions and like in every single class that they're in. And did you notice that he bumped from being in Spanish to being in French class now? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, muy bien. So Brandon tells Carla that she should have no trouble getting a scholarship and she's offended. Assuming he means that she could only score a minority scholarship, why does no one tell all of these people about Brandon's super open mind? Jeez, come on. He tells her that he has gone out of the way to make things easier for her. Um, he walked her to class and she bites his head off. The sexual chemistry is just fraught with these two. They come to an agreement that they both have misconceptions and he invites her to the peach pit. At the Peach Pit, Steve tells Brandon that Carla is really into him, and I think it's great that Brandon keeps seeking out relationship advice from Steve. And apparently it is a short shift for Brandon because it's still daylight when he drives Carla home. And he asks questions about day laborers and if they're driving in East L.A., and Carla answers them pretty bitterly. He asks her if she's always so defensive, and he tells her that he thinks a lot of her issues are all in her head. <laughs> always the appropriate thing to tell a woman of color that she's imagining her hardships richard is waiting for her on the stairs with folded arms and in the background a synthesizer starts playing to alert us that he's a bad guy it's not the do, 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 do. it's not do, axel do, 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 do. f no no okay there's no axel foley anywhere around dang it <laughs> <laughs> he tells carla that she had better watch herself who the hell is this guy Who's that guy? Sorry. Um, the next morning, Brandon uses his own spit to style his hair and his eyebrows. You know, a totally normal thing to do? Yuck. Brenda catches him checking himself out in the mirror and tells him that people are talking about how every girl that he has met since they moved to L.A. has been his next true love. Does she listen to this podcast? Probably not. No. <laughs> Brandon, of course, gets defensive, thinking that Brenda doesn't approve of Carla because she's Hispanic, and Brenda tells Brandon to go F himself. Turns out she is the flaming liberal. Anna and Cindy are reviewing the food list for the party that they are throwing for Jim's client, and Brandon asks Anna if she could bring Carla with her on the days that she works so Brandon can just give her a ride to school, and then she doesn't have to ride the bus. Anna says that she'll have to think about it, and Cindy and Anna give each other the look. I'm sure that that will be relevant later on in this episode. Andrea wearing a pink geometric blazer asks blazer. Brandon what the deal is with Carla. And he wants to know if she's been talking to Brenda. And no, she's been super nosy in the registrar's office and saw his address on Carla's file. Why does the school have student files just laying around where other students can view them? And how does Andrea, dang it, how does Andrea know Brandon's address? She's a stalker. She mesmerized it. <laughs> she mesmerized it? We're really good at this today. <laughs> or memorized it. Whatever. <laughs> That's probably more than my foot. And I don't know any of my friends' addresses. Like, I can drive you there, but I can't send them a letter. Because nope. she tells Brandon that his family needs to be careful. Because if they catch Carla and start a district shakedown, she is liable to get caught in the crossfire. I mean, it was all very dramatic. It was very dramatic. <laughs> and, like, we get the impression that apparently 
only Andrea should get the opportunity to go to a better school. Nobody else. Right. Brandon tracks down Carla because she has been avoiding him. And he invites her out on the weekend, but she turns him down for every night. Brandon, the persistent misogynist, stops by the bus stop after school and aggressively offers Carla a ride home. In the car, Brandon tries to talk to Carla about the problems with her old school, but she tells him that she doesn't want to talk about it. He tells her that he is interested in her and would like a chance. Uh, because he doesn't really take no for an answer. No, he doesn't. He's very problematic in 2019. Mm-hmm. So she asks him if he likes to dance. Um, let me answer this for you, Carla. The answer is no. Well, or yes. Um, well, it just really depends on the episode, to mm-hmm. be honest. Apparently this episode, though, he does. Mm-hmm. Because soon, <laughs> because soon we're entering on what appears to be a dance class at a community rec center. They form a Soul Train line, and Carla asks Brandon to walk the line with her. Um, that's not a Johnny Cash reference as much as I hoped it would be, but Brandon dances down the line with Carla, and once again, we are reminded as to why this is a this is a no. It should not happen. It's not good. Not good at all. Brandon takes Carla home, and they stop outside to say goodnight and enjoy the city, city landscape. Then they kiss, and Brandon tries to eat her face very loudly. And Carla says she can hardly believe it's only been a week. Oh, is that all? Yeah. And she's like, and I can't believe that's how you actually dance. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, Unker. Unker? Oh, God. I'm so sorry. That guy, he's my Unker. (laughs) (laughs) That's the really hillbilly way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Uncle Richard is creepily watching this from the porch. And yeah, the next day, Cindy is sitting in bed, stressing about the dinner party that she's apparently single-handedly throwing for Jim's biggest client. Again, what do accountants do? We don't know. Jim is on the floor doing sit-ups in a monochromatic blue sort, short set. That was a big word. And then I messed up on short, so. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> Brenda breaks in the room to tell them that the rental company is there, and Brandon is working at the Peach Pit all day. After she leaves, Jim and Cindy discuss telling the kids the truth about Carla. And Jim says that they can't as he is toweling himself off after his five sit-ups. And Cindy looks down because she's thinking about things. That's what they do. They look down. Brandon isn't at the Peach Pit, though. He is at Carla's house bringing her breakfast. Their conversation is soon interrupted by dun-dun-dun, Richard. Richard. (laughs) Why is this guy always wearing leather coats? Isn't this California? Is it really cold enough to wear a leather coat all of the time? Or is this how we're supposed to know that he's the bad guy? Carla tells Brandon that she has to work, so she must go. It turns out, though, that Carla is working the party at the Walsh house. Brandon holds her hand awkwardly and asks her not to work because it's weird for him. Then he yells at his mom, and no one does anything about it. Ugh. He musters up enough courage to be cordial to all the party guests while the guest of honor makes inappropriate remarks about Carla. Brandon asks for help with the chairs. That's in air quotes. Mm-hmm. It's a euphemism. Mm-hmm. But he really sneaks Carla into his bedroom. And she's angry at him. And he decides that this is the best time to bring up the control that Richard has over her. And this obviously makes her angrier. So he huffs in his fluffy white sweater. Anna is upset by the appearance of Brandon and Carla together and reminds Carla that Richard said to stay away from Brandon. Meanwhile, Brandon overhears Chick, the swimwear king, tell Jim that he just opened a factory in Mexicali and confronts him about exploiting them for cheap labor. 
Jim is understandably upset, but no one confronts Brandon about possibly costing Jim and his employer an important client. And Brenda reveals to Brandon that when Carla ran out, upset by his confrontation, she ran right to Richard's car. And Dylan noticed, oh yeah, he's in this episode. He is. Uh, Dylan noticed that Richard sat outside the house the whole time Carla was inside. Brandon surmises that there is possibly a little more to the story than they're being told. You think? He's very intuitive, that guy. So smart. And then he also thinks that he's entitled to know the truth because he's 16. Damn. He has what? I don't know. <laughs> what does he have? Every right to question his parents' judgment. All right. He has every right to question his parents' judgment. So that's what he does. And Jim tells him that it's not their secret to share and suggests that Brandon go talk to Carla, but doesn't discipline him. Nope, just let him go. Probably took his mom's car, too. Yeah, the goddamn drunk had to take his mom's car. Brandon heads to Anna's house, but Anna says that Carla is no longer staying there. She tells him that Carla has gone back to her family, but I'm sure she would love to see him to say goodbye. Carla reveals that her father works at a university in Paloma and that she did charity work in East L.A. Uh, it was there that she witnessed a drive-by shooting and became the star witness for the prosecution. Uh, was a well-known gang member who threatened the life of anyone who testified against him. Anna was Carla's babysitter and volunteered to let Carla stay with her while they waited for the trial. The gang member, however, confessed so Carla could come out of hiding. Richard wasn't a bad guy. He was just a prosecuting attorney who likes leather coats and brooding. I considered going to school to be a prosecuting attorney in the sex crimes division, but I didn't realize how much babysitting and brooding and leather coats were involved. So I'm glad I didn't do that. Good job. At school the next day, Kelly chastises Donna for ordering the same shirt as her as they walked down the hall in identical outfits. And those were very pink. Holy shikies. Brandon, or geez, Brenda. I'm just assuming he's always going chastising somebody. Brenda chastises Dylan for checking out a blonde girl right in front of her. And Andrea tells Brandon that his latest newspaper piece was her favorite. Aww. And then Brandon tells Andrea that he wishes all of his relationships could be as easy as theirs is. You know, just friends with absolutely no attraction to one another whatsoever. <laughs> and then Andrea burns holes into his skull with her eyes. I really hope that she has like a booty doll and stabbed it repeatedly after this. Right. And it's growing. Yes. And then Debbie Gibson makes a surprise appearance. Ah, uh, the 90s. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's Debbie Gibson. It was. Is she going to shake our love? Out of the blue. Because we're all electric youth? We are electric youth. I did have that perfume. I loved that perfume. That was like my favoriteest perfume ever. I wish they still made it. So I bought it because it smelled good on somebody else. And then I put it on me. And it did not smell so good. So apparently it has to be the right body chemistry of it perfume. It smelled good on me. It smelled like cotton candy and I don't know, something else. But I had a lot of electric. Yeah. And I discovered that I'm actually allergic to perfume. So that was a good time. Oh. I break out in hives. And then oh. I vomit. Yeah. Oh. It's a good time. So I can wear a body splash from Bath and Body Works, but only very specific body splash. Hmm. This segment sponsored by Bath and Body Works. Promo code Donna Marn Graduate. Uh, all right so this week what would you say our issue of the week would be tolerance no i don't know because they weren't very tolerant stop using the walsh's address to go to west beverly high um that's not really an issue because it was only that once and it was only for like four days hmm cultural diversity 
There you go. That's a good one. We'll say that's what it was. Hold on. I'll write it on the board. Oh, perfect. And then we get to add to Brandon's girlfriends, too. Oh, yes. Oh, oh please. Diversity. I do enjoy how they will bring in a culturally diverse character, but only for one episode, because God forbid we have any person of color be in the main cast. Well, until Jesse. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And then she was never seen from again. But technically, I guess Andrea is Jewish. So that's that's super, super diverse, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. My microphone just jumped off. It fell over. And not like the little Kim version. Little Kim version of jump off. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, anything fun and exciting to talk about this week? You kind of had a bummer week. I did have a bummer week. So Christmas movies started on Hallmark Channel yesterday. Woohoo! So that was pretty exciting. I started watching one and immediate, immediately fell asleep. So not because of the quality of the movie, just because I was exhausted. So there you go. So would you like to hear my insight? I've got some insight into death. Let's I, bring everybody down. Okay. Ready, <laughs> set, go. All right. So... You know, when I feel like when somebody dies, those first couple of days give you a false sense of what grief is going to be like mm -hmm. because you're so busy planning and, you know, families coming in town, you're all together, spending time together. And so you think that it's going to be easy. Well, not easy, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then everybody leaves and your visitation's over, your funeral's over, and then you're just hanging out by yourself at work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have this downtime? No, sorry. It's okay. You go, it's your turn. You go, and then I will collect myself, and I will talk about it. Okay. I have been chasing around my child most of the week, because he's getting ready to go to robotics competition next week. He's going to get laid. <laughs> Why did you have to say that? Why? You made me laugh, and that made me feel better. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Then my work here is done. Um, so it's been a lot of kind of running around for that. And he's going to be 16 on Tuesday. Well, that's exciting. It is exciting. I don't know how I got here. How did I get a 16-year-old? You so had bizarre. sex, and then 16 years later, he turned 16. Is that how it works? I think so. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't, uh, I'm not, I haven't, not listening to anything new. Um, but I did watch the uh, Laundry Mat on Netflix, it has Meryl Streep in it, and Antonio Banderas, and... He's still working? He is. Oh. He's in this movie. It's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what the hell is that other guy's name. I can't think of it right now. David Twimmer's in it. And and my one of my friends, one of my favorite people ever, Cristela Alonzo, is also in it. Mm -hmm. She plays a badass FBI agent that gets to um, arrest somebody, so that was kind of neat. Nice. Uh, it was a good movie. It was all about um, insurance fraud. <laughs> so, oh, I want to commit that. And shell, and shell companies and offshore accounts and things like that. It was really interesting how it all broke down. So I highly recommend it because, you know, Meryl Streep is also a badass. I love her. Mm -hmm. I love everything she does. Although I have yet to actually watch and get through the entire thing of Sophie's Choice. Oh, that's my favorite book. Is it? Mm -hmm. I've never read the book. And I've it's only amazing. ever seen halfway of the movie. So 
And the book is worse. Oh, shit. But yeah, the the scene on the train platform. Mm-hmm. Where, she has to, where she has to choose. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough it's one. Rough. It is. So, other than that, I don't think um, anything else to report. I think it's just pretty been mm, slow going. So, it'll get better once we get to November. Because I'm excited for November, because then I can officially start listening to Christmas music and not feel guilty about it. Why would you feel guilty? I carry, oh, that's my tagline for the next episode. <laughs> 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 that I carry the spirit of Christmas in my heart all year long. All year long. Alex told me the other day, do you know it's Christmas was playing? I had it down low mm-hmm. when I was dropping him off to school. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, all right, we'll have a good day. And he took his earbud out. And are you listening to Christmas music? said maybe and he turned it up a little bit and he's like mom so disappointed in you and he got out of the car <laughs> kids suck you tell him you are the boss and I you said, do what you want i said don't judge me i don't care i made a new christmas i added songs to my to my christmas playlist on spotify it's called feeling festive if you want to look it up and i enjoyed it immensely i might have you know it uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas fifteen times on there, but it's by different people. That's all that matters, right? I can't start listening to Christmas music in the car, or else Patrick will start requesting the Phineas and Ferb, just the one specific song over and over and over and over again. Oh, gotcha. So I can't do that to myself quite yet. All in moderation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So I will try right. and finish. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. If you can't finish, it's fine. Um, so it was my grandmother who passed away, which is technically the only living, or was the only living, uh, grandparent I had left, and then both of my parents are gone, so boo-hoo, feel sorry for me. (laughs) Um, but no, it's like, you know, somebody's gone in your life, and it's a huge hole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not laughing at you. No, I know. It's just weird for me to feel emotions, and I don't like it. But, like, you go and you're trying to live, you know, you go back to work and you do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, nobody even, nobody even acknowledges it. It's just so weird that, you know, they're not affected by it at all. But it's made such a huge impact on you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, just there's so much grief in the mundane things. Yes. I understand completely. As a person who has no grandparents and lost her mother at a young age well I was 20 but that's still a long time ago mm-hmm. for my 43 year old self and yeah I mean it doesn't affect you the same way that you know like November 11th is the anniversary of when my mom died mm-hmm. I always take that day off work um, unless it's a weekend um, and I just do my own thing you know whether distract yourself distract myself because it's just something that I've done for 23 years. 22 years um and it's but it doesn't affect other people the way it affects me to me them me just taking off november 11th just oh you know she's just taking off a day off work you know right or oh your son's off your son's off school so maybe that's why you're taking it off and it's like oh because it's veterans day yeah so you know it's you know it doesn't affect you or it doesn't affect other people the way that it affects you and and that's fine it's I don't need it's, everybody. It's weird. It is weird. Because I understand. It's, it's like, you're like, the world is missing this person, but nobody here realizes that nobody here knows that. Yeah, I understand that. When I was in, I was in college when my mom died. And I remember being at 
lunch with some friends and one of them was, and it probably, I think maybe had only been a month or two and since my mom had died and they were this one, one of my friends was bitching about her mother. Mm-hmm. You know, her mom was getting on her case about A, B, C, or D. And I remember I just was sitting there and I remember just kind of just faking my way through it. But once I had left them, I had a total meltdown. Right. And the person found out about it. Um, I think because I think somebody had said something or whatever, and she felt terrible that she didn't think. And I said, but if but they should, I, and the, no, I get it. Yeah. You know, my, you know, my father passed away when I was 10 and my mother passed away three years ago and people will complain about their parents. Right. And you don't ever want to be, you know, not give them the right to do that because, right. you know, if your parents were alive, you would probably oh, yeah. be doing the I same said, thing. You know, and, if, you know, if my mom was still alive, I'm sure I'd be complaining that, oh yeah, she made me put my laundry away or, you know, right. something something stupid like that and I mean we all do it I just unfortunately don't have that to complain about anymore and you know so it's I guess I kind of think I was kind of sad that I was that I didn't have that to complain about anymore so now that we've literally depressed every person who is still listening to this are you still there (laughs) it's fine well you know it's you gotta do what you gotta do for you and which is probably also why most of my words were not English today. <laughs> Just today? It, well, it's been an extremely exhausting week. <laughs> well, that's all right. We'll we'll be back in top form here. Hopefully after the after this week and Halloween and <laughs> Kelly's Well then Christmas and I mean maybe next February we'll be back in time for I hope you guys will just keep listening. Just hang on until February when we get our life together. together When we're in like 90 episodes in. (laughs) Yeah, February. We'll get our life together by then, I promise. Uh, Uh, No, no promises to get our lives together. Just this podcast. Okay, sorry. God, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Okay. And and just the podcast. No promises on anything else. All right. So, oh, and, and we forgot to say Brandon's girlfriend this uh, this episode is obviously Carla. Carla. And I just, I I thought it was hilarious, the scene where Brenda was like, because I forgot about that, where she was like, people are talking about the fact that every person you come in contact with becomes your next true love. Like, we've been saying that for 15 episodes. Right? Way to go, Brenda. And sometimes we like you. Yeah, just a little bit. And, yeah, I just, I mean, why does everybody... Go for Brandon. He, for the 90s, he was... A, but this is a big school. Yeah. There's got to be other people out there. But I guess it wouldn't be on this television show if it was other people. Right. Or he's, yeah, such a good, he's such a smooth dancer, though. And he really likes... To those, those Latin beats. Yeah. That was so racist. God, it was horrible. It was bad. Just wait till this next episode. Episode number... Uh, 16. Yeah, 16. Palm where, Springs. Where we go to Palm Springs and visit uh, Dave, young David Silver's grandparents. grandparents. Good time. Mm-hmm. For who? All of us. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us. And spay and neuter your pets. Five star reviews are awesome. We finally broke 20. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Lil John's here, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at Donna Martin Graduates Podcast, 
and Twitter at Graduate Spana. And we've got a Facebook page. We or do. Something. We have a Facebook page and an email, Donna Martin Graduates Podcast at gmail.com. And I put up a new lunchtime poll. You did. About which of the uh, the main four women have the best glow up. So check out our Instagram and vote on that. It's also on Twitter, too. You can do that there. So, yeah. Any Garth? Yeah, I would say so. Although, I would say, uh, <laughs> I almost said Andrea. Andrea. <laughs> Gabrielle Carteras also had a, a yeah. nice little glow up. That's yeah, I, I concur. I mean, to be fair, they all look pretty damn great for her, especially for their ages. But yeah, yes, I would say that Jenny Garth has probably aged the best. Yes, and I'm sure that everyone who is a Brenda lover is going to rally against us. But it's okay; we can like different characters. That's the joy of having an ensemble cast. Yes, don't hate us. No. All right, now let's get back to closing out this goddamn show. All right. Uh, we will see you next time on Donna Martin Graduates with episode number 16. Bye. Bye. Bye.